Hi, I'm Johnny Pollard and welcome to Season 3 of the One Giant Mind Podcast. In this episode, Haley comes to the mic and shares something very intimate about her spiritual experiences belonging to a church for a good part of her life. The experience of speaking in tongues. And she was very curious to understand what my uh, understanding of that experience is and uh, perhaps how that experience could be reframed now that she's no longer participating in that church and within that ideology. I think you'll find it interesting. Enjoy. In the past, I was I used to attend church and I have the ability to speak in tongues. You may be, understand what that is. And I just want to, now that I don't do that under a religious kind of contained setting in that context I guess I want to get an understanding of what it actually how have I got this ability to do this Mm -hmm. and I wanted to get your perspective Mm -hmm. about it sure the phenomenon of speaking in tongues the term tongues just for people that may not be familiar with it is a broad description of many different things where an individual feels an uprising of energy in uh, within themselves that desires to be expressed verbally, vocally, that structures itself in sounds that um, feel and, in fact, in some instances, sound like some kind of language. And the the report is that the experience of speaking in this way is elevating almost ecstatic blissful and the the expression of it causes some kind of release or healing in the person having the experience and in the the small amount of research that I've done in it there are instances where the expression of the 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 vocal expression of the of the upsurge of energy let's call it that because in some instances it's not fair to say that it's it's any kind of structured language it's sounds but in some instances there is repetition in certain sounds in a very structured and patterned way that one could assume that it is actually language and that there is something being said um, that can be comprehended by anyone who actually understood it. Um, There are instances where people have spontaneously just started speaking other languages fluently and ancient languages where only a few in their obscure studies are, are able to identify it and are absolutely gobsmacked that this person can spontaneously speak it, whereas they've spent 20 years trying to just crudely master it. (laughs) And in my opinion, what what it is expressive of is an underlying intelligence that is structured in us and all things. That the, the the level of consciousness that we experience as human beings is like a very thin layer in a a very deep dimension with stratum 
layers of intelligence uh, that structure itself from gross into increasingly more subtle. And what's taking place inside of us beyond our conscious awareness is an extraordinary interplay of responses to life. We are responding to life at all levels that we exist on. And we exist on the most gross and all the way through to the most subtle. And so there is a part of us that is deeply in communication with spiritual dimensions. And every now and then, for some people, there is a, an opening in which the energy, the frequency and the intelligence structured in those deeper spiritual dimensions pervades the gross conscious mind. And to me, it's a, it's a universal experience. It doesn't belong to a, a religion or any tradition of sorts. It is just a universal experience as are the spiritual dimensions. They are universal. They belong to everyone. There isn't like walls. There aren't nations of spiritual dimensions. You know, it's all one thing. There might be different types of spiritual beings, but they all identify the universe as the, the, the common home of all things. And so the expression of this deeper spiritual intelligence can often come out quite crudely and violently and dramatically and be extremely bewildering to a lot of people that observe it and confrontational and um, scary and so you know if you're somebody that experiences this you have to be very discerning about your audience which i'm sure you've no doubt come to learn right yeah and uh in my opinion it's it's something special that uh is often misused and uh, this is by no means a commentary on your experience um but something worth saying there are some people that utilize this experience to to gain some kind of higher status within their respective spiritual clans you know oh you speak in tongues you must be like a chosen one or something something special that differentiates and we are as tribal beings always seeking to um increase our our status in the tribe for mainly for biological reasons for survival the more important we are to the tribe the less likely we are to be booted out of the tribe and belonging is our our primary objective and so the more deeply we can belong to our tribe the better and therefore the higher the ranking the higher the status the uh the less likely we are to be booted out. And so we use whatever we've got to increase our status. And it's something, in my opinion, that actually the more intimate and more private you are with it, the more powerful it becomes in affecting your own personal state of consciousness, your own personal experience. You're far more effective as an embodied being carrying that energy and being 
eminently relatable, then you are a mysterious character that has this very mysterious, bewildering power that I cannot relate to. That generally just creates greater division and disparity and, and disconnect when really the intent of that expression of that energy is really to unify, is to reveal the beauty of reality. That's the truth. And so, yeah, that, that's my take on it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any comments about that? I guess, yeah, now that I don't go to church, I was like, what is this yeah. that I now... Because I do it every day. Right. And when I first got it, I was 13. Mm -hmm. And I had the most amazing experience of like two to three hours of just in my room doing it. Mm -hmm. And when you say the unity, I do miss that at church, like everybody doing it at once. Mm -hmm. And I've had an experience of that the other night. Mm -hmm. And also when I went to yoga with Binny and everyone said hmm, at the same time, yeah. it was the same kind of feeling. Energy. It resonated in yeah. me. Mm -hmm. So I mostly use it for my own private. Great. And I also, you know, when I'm with my children, I sometimes do it mm -hmm. over them. Mm -hmm. But I guess like I've only ever been taught it in a real religious context, context yes. that you must do it to be saved. Mm -hmm. So now I just wanted to get your take on take it. because I'm on this discovery yeah and like I told you I did a collage and Shanti came up and yeah. I never even knew that because yeah. I've had that real religious mm -hmm. so now I'm just yeah like wondering what, what your take was on it and yeah keep doing what you're doing mm -hmm. you know it's for you and let the benefits of of that let the effect of that be the thing that you give to the world and there might be moments where it's appropriate to express it if somebody is fascinated and interested and open and receptive. And, um, but share it as if it's very sacred, because it is for you. Yeah, and enjoy it. Yeah. And let it inform you, because it is happening outside of the context of the church. And by the way, you know, you're saved. You're safe. You know, this prospect that, you know, you have to do it in order to um, get to heaven. Heaven is a, a state of consciousness. And uh, did was Jesus' teachings a part of the, well, you know, his most famous sloka, the kingdom of heaven is within. You know, what he was saying is that heaven is a state of consciousness. It's not a place you go to after doing time in a body. He was saying now, right now. And then he gave very specific instruction about how you can generate that. A lot of which I think the, the, his instructions were removed from the text. But there's enough in there to indicate that he was teaching yoga. He was teaching the, the art of unifying our small self, our distorted ego, with the true self, which is the divine. He was having that experience and everything he was describing was go within. 
and there should be no concern and I I expect that there is no concern and that's why I'm no longer um, entrenched in that that ideology so it's great thank you (laughs) thank you for taking some time to listen to the one giant mind podcast if you're somebody that hasn't yet got a regular meditation practice one giant mind offers a couple of ways in which you can make that happen right now you can go to onegiantmind.com and have a look at our teacher directory. We've got hundreds of teachers around the world teaching the One Giant Mind being technique, both in person and online. And if for whatever reason you're unable to get to one of those courses, you could download our free Learn to Meditate app. It's called One Giant Mind. It's got a 12-step course that'll get you started. And if you're already a regular meditator and feel deeply called to bring this beautiful practice into the world, We strongly encourage you to check out our One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy. We train passionate meditators to become powerful leaders in their community, equipped with tools to empower others to know themselves very intimately. We teach a powerful process of how to run a meditation course and facilitate the building and growing of a community. And we would love to welcome you into our global family of teachers. A special thanks to our show producer, Daniel Tucker, a.k.a. Spiritual Trady, our music composer, the one and only Ali Liberman, and all of the One Giant Mind team. <laughs>